Thank you for the coffee. You're welcome. As we sit down to begin our program on this chilly morning, I'm with Katie Kroshauer with the Quincy Public Library, and we are talking about books. And we've got some more n- neat books to talk about, and of course all the other great programs at the, uh, at the library as well. And I guess first off, again, as we're getting into the new year and resolutions and such, uh, the Almost Zero Waste Guide sounds like something that is sort of along those lines. Yes, this is one of those books that I was walking the shelves because sometimes you just have to get up and browse and see what's out there, um, things that maybe you've missed when they came in the first time or something. This is a list of tips for reducing your waste without changing your life um, by Melanie Manorino. I mispronounced her name earlier, and so I want to make sure I get that right this time. But this is such a quick little guide, and it is divided by kind of different areas in your life where you can change a few little things and really make an impact. So it kind of starts with eating and cooking, almost zero waste. So when you are, you know, chopping the leaves off your celery or you're using, you know, the potato peels or whatever, ways to use those scraps and other things so that they're not just going into your garbage or down the you know, disposal or something like that. Also, you know, looking at packaging and how things are um, are marketed so that you're not having things that are wrapped in plastic, then wrapped in a box, then wrapped in more plastic, then, cover, you know, in a tray that also has plastic in it. Um, but, you know, making those conscious decisions to say, okay, I only, I'm going to buy bulk raisins and almonds and and ingredients and bring a cloth bag to put them in or bring a paper bag to put them in rather than using a plastic bag that, you know, is eventually just going to go into a landfill. Um, So, you know, just simple tips like that, little changes you can make um, moving into a zero waste home. So again, thinking about that packaging or thinking about as you're maybe up grading your own equipment. What do you do with those electronics? What do you do with the packaging that it all comes in? Um, Zero waste personal care. um, This is great. And I I love seeing like in the, in the department stores or in the pharmacies, um, they're really kind of coming back to some of that old style packaging with more glass or, you know, other, other types of containers rather than just the high density plastic traveling with zero waste or almost zero waste, which I think is one of those things that a lot of people don't think about. You know, when you're traveling, you're just on vacation, right? It shouldn't matter what you're doing or what you're, um, you know, if you are being thoughtful of, of the places that you're going, but making sure that when you do travel, you're not just taking a bunch of disposable products or you're not just taking something that you're going to use once. Um, and then, of course, working with your wardrobe. Don't just buy the cheapest thing off of the rack because it's cheap. Think about how you're going to use it, curating that collection of clothing and shoes, um, resoling shoes, which is a huge thing. And I know Boyers could help with that um, to make sure that you are not just, again, buying something that's cheap because it's there and available, but really thinking about how many times am I going to use this and not just putting it into a landfill after that season. I had a, I had a pair of Bass Weegians that I think I had Boyers resole five times <laughs> and uh, love those shoes and uh, need some more of them. Just uh, haven't gotten around to getting it. But I, it's, yeah, I, I had them for like, a, like 10, 12 years. It, yes. was, it was crazy. So I think when you're also, I, I think when people talk about that and you look at, uh, you know, here in Quincy with, uh, with recycling, you know, we went from a one bin to a two bin family at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like we fill them up uh, most, you know, most weeks. And we really try to, you know, make that conscious effort. Um, I know glass recycling is a bit of a pain. It's not as easy as, but it still can be done. Mm -hmm. But I think when, when people are, are looking at that, I think that's, 
you know, again, when you buy something that has less packaging, you are putting less into your recycle bin. You're putting less into your trash. And uh, I think that's something that I, we, we always, you know, I know people, you know, a lot of people go to Sam's and buy bulk whatever and big whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's probably a good thing um, to do it that way. Um, but again, I think we still see a lot of that. And again, I mean, you, you know, when, when people have their trash set out or what have you, you know, all the recycle bins are full and that's great. I'm glad people are recycling, but still, we are still throwing away a lot of crap. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and it really is at the end of the book, the author really gets into more of what as a community you can do what you can do with your neighbors, you know, hold swaps for baby clothes or for toys that your kids have outgrown or books that you don't want anymore if you don't have a used bookstore to, to sell them to or friends of the library to donate to. Um, <laughs> Got to get that plug in. Yes, um, you know, but finding ways to not just throw it out. Um, and there are lists of resources in the back that you can go to to find out more about, you know, what small changes can be made on a personal level, a community level to really make a major impact um, in the way that we use our materials and the things that are going to waste. Along, along those same lines, we have the Pocket Guide to Sustainable Food Shopping. Yes, and I love this one. I am not a good grocery shopper. I will just be real honest about that. I unfortunately tend to go when I'm hungry, which I know is the worst mistake yeah, you can that. make when yeah. you're going grocery shopping. Um, but this one addresses some of those issues. You know, the first chapter, it talks about that environmental guilt syndrome that we te- we all tend to have. Um, and, you know, so making those decisions when you're walking through the store, am I doing this because it says something on the package that's making me feel guilty about the other choices, um, that this is the least guilty option I can, can choose? Um, it also addresses greenwashing and the myth of consumer choice, looking out for labels that actually don't mean anything. Um, you know, like the gluten-free products. Well, oh, okay. gluten only comes from wheat. So everything else in the world is a gluten-free product. <laughs> okay. You know, it means nothing. Um, and then just, again, related to this, cutting back on the food waste, making sure that you are navigating those produce aisles and the bulk product aisles, like, um, you know, the, again, the nuts and the raisins and the, the stuff like that. How and when to buy meat you know, when things go on sale, how to, you know, divide those packages up so that there is less waste once you get them home, Um, buying eggs, buying milk, buying seafood, managing those package-free sections, which I think is great. And then lots and lots of acknowledgements. Um, There's a waste audit and a shopping list that you can use in the back to kind of take notes. sounds like some work. Uh, it does a little bit, a little more, a uh, little more work than the zero waste guide, but also you're going to come out of it feeling much better. Sure. So, you know, like you can say, okay, on this day, oh, I th- had to throw out half of a chicken because I'd left it too long in the fridge and it spoiled or whatever. Um, how much and what your alternative could have been to using that before it, it went to waste. So just a really great guide. Again, this is literally your pocket guide of like how to get through the grocery store and through those shopping aisles in a better way so that we are doing less to damage the the planet as we know it. No, I think that's those are great <laughs> and again great suggestions, great tips and again I think anytime you know you can go and buy, you know, try to you know you want to find value but you also need to be able to get uh, you know again take care of yourself, take care of the planet, all, all that all that good stuff. We've yes. got a couple children's books now and one of them has a very funny name, Sumo Kitty. <laughs> 
These are great. I picked up Sumo Kitty um, and many, many thanks to our children's librarian, Bill Waters, because he does such a fantastic job with displays and lists and, and things like that. Sumo Kitty is a one of the Monarch Award nominees. The Monarch Award, the Blue Stem Award, and the Rebecca Caudle Award are State of Illinois awards that are voted on by school children. And I love this process. I think it is something so fantastic for these kids to see the impact of what their reading can do. So Sumo Kitty starts off, you meet the kitty. Um, this, this book has fantastic illustrations. And he looks like a Sumo Kitty. He does look like a Sumo <laughs> Kitty. Um, but he is a homeless cat and he has to go around the city trying to find out where he can find food and shelter. And he, one of his favorite things to do is follow the Sumo Fighters home because that is where they eat. <laughs> you know where they train where yes. they eat um where they have fun they and i love it because they show like they're doing karaoke and they're having parties and they're doing all these fun things throughout the book but sumo kitty um the kitty gets a job being the head mouse catcher because one of the sumo wrestlers is scared of mice and so they keep kitty there and as long as he can get rid of the mice, he can keep his job. Unfortunately, he kind of gets a little lazy and doesn't do the things he's supposed to do and the mice take back over. So he gets taken back out of the training center. Get fired? He got fired because he wasn't doing his job. But he learns from the sumo wrestlers that he has to maintain his physical shape. He has to meditate to keep his mind clear. And so he starts practicing with them and eventually uses the sumo moves to fight off all of the mice that have reinvaded the, <laughs> the training center. Um, and then he also serves as inspiration to the sumo wrestler who is scared of mice because, um, because he was able to overcome that. There's some really great um, little philosophical things. You know, fall down seven times, get up eight. Um, and then also, I, one of the other reasons I really love this book is that it has the, the Japanese words for some of the things that you are learning about. Um, the illustrations also run the gamut from, you know, kind of clever and funny and witty to these beautiful, almost um, woodcut look oh, wow. designs. They are truly gorgeous pictures at the front of this book, and you just get that um, that style, and then, of course, the story about sumo wrestling itself and the kitty who makes an impact. So, very fun. I wish my kids were younger so I could read that to them. You should read it to them anyway. Oh, they no, would love this. Too, no, they're <laughs> way too old. I'd get eye rolls and, oh, dad. No, so. no. Well, you tell them Katie told you to read I'll it to that. them. Well, yes. they, they might do that, so. <laughs> Uh, last book we're going to talk about today is called I Can Make This Promise, another children's book. This is this is a chapter book, and it is one of the Rebecca Caudle nominees this year. This is a chapter book about a young girl named Edie who is growing up in Seattle, and she knows that her family has some Native American background, but she doesn't know anything else about it. Her mom won't talk about her childhood, um, and she just feels like this real there's this real disconnect from herself to um, to previous generations and so she and her best friend discover a box of memorabilia photos of a lady that looks exactly like her um and she gets really confused because she's like if my parents have lied to me about this what else have they not told me can I trust them to tell me the truth so she and her friends start investigating and kind of find out more about um this woman whose name is Edith and then um you know try so it's it's finding that sense of place finding that sense of self um 
being able to build trust with your family. And then also, you know, at the end, which I love, um, the parents actually take her back to the cabin where her grandparents would have lived. And they talk to her through the process of, you know, this is exactly what happened and this is why it happened. And really sheds light on some of those truly horrific things that are part of our more recent history that state and federal agencies did to the Native Americans, you know, removing the children from their parents, removing the children from the reservations or their tribal lands. And then, you know, not allowing them to learn their own history, culture, and language. So um, there's some deep stuff in here, but it is handled very well. Um, Edie is a 12-year-old, so you can kind of gauge what age level you would want um, your children to read this book. But as a parent, I would say definitely be prepared to answer some of those questions. Um, It is something that if your child is reading this, they're going to want to know, did this really happen? And you need to be ready to to say yes in a way that they're going to understand. All right, that sounds like a, a great selection. Uh, and again, uh, you can uh, see all these on the library's uh, website, which, we, of course, we will link to uh, when we post this podcast. Also, activities coming up this week. Uh, still cold weather, so great opportunity to go inside, get warm, and uh, some neat things for kids. Absolutely. We have on Saturday at 10 o'clock our Winter Landscape Guided Painting with the Budding Artist. This is going to be a really fun event. It is listed as all ages, so it's not just for kids or just for adults. Um, we're hoping to get some families in. Channel your inner Bob Ross. That's right. That's right. We love our we love ourselves a little guided painting. Um, but I love that this has been the explosion in recent years that people want to do these types of gatherings to create art. Um, I think that's a wonderful way to build community. It's so much fun and you really get to have something then that you have created as the the end product. Um, But we will be working with the budding artist for this. We are asking that you make a reservation for this event because supplies are limited and we have to know that we have enough for everyone who wants to be involved. Again, that's Saturday at 10 a.m. General children's programs this week, story time um, on Tuesdays, always at 10 a.m., baby time on Thursdays at 10 a.m., Thursdays at 6 p.m. we have our friends and family events. This week we are doing Move It with Go Noodle videos. So this is going to be a high energy um, action. You know, we're going to be following the leader. Or we're going to be doing whatever those what is go-, go Noodle. Go Noodle is a service, um, a stream, a subscription service that the library has that you can go onto and choose the these action videos um, led led by very high energy people okay. <laughs> teaching you dances, teaching you movements. Um, lots of fun with them. So we, we love that. And then on Monday at 6 p.m., our process art for that night is going to be Snowmen at Night. So we'll read the book and then we'll do a craft um, based on the storyline that is in that book. Our tweens will meet on Thursday at 3.30. This is a great opportunity for them to kind of get that a little bit of independence, more so than they might get somewhere else. Um, They are welcome to come and just hang out. They can come and bring homework, and we can help them with that. Um, We also have some craft materials set out, art journaling or a guided craft that they can do when they are there on those Thursdays. Um, This is just a really freeing opportunity for those kids who might be starting to feel a little more strain and stress of those middle school school years, um, just need some place to go and hang out. That's also a great place to find their resources that they need. Um, Tuesday, today, um, we are having a teen program, but honestly, I think this is something that all groups could learn from all ages. We are doing a relationship goals presentation with Quinata at 530 in our conference room. And this is really not just um, romantic relationships, but helping find and set boundaries and Um, appropriate behavior in any kind of a relationship, whether it's family, siblings, school relationships, friendship 
you know, general friendships, and then touching on those romantic relationships as well. What truly is um, an appropriate level for you to be interacting with people? And are you feeling valued? And um, are you feeling valued in the relationship? Because if you're not, then it's not um, a healthy relationship. So is, is Quinata leading this then? Yes. Be okay. They're going to be leading that right. discussion okay. for us. And that's at 530 uh, tonight, Tuesday. Yes, so as we the 11th. post this uh, the 11th, we will post this uh, as we are recording Tuesday morning. We will post this later Tuesday morning. Yes. So, um, just uh, other adult uh, programs uh, coming up as well. The uh, On the 12th of January, 1 o'clock, uh, The Lost City of Z. Yes, by David Gran. This is the book that the movie was based on, um, but it is a nonfiction book. It talks about Perry Fawcett's adventures in the Amazon almost 100 years ago. Um, he was kind of that last great Victorian adventurer um, in the in the style of Stanley and Livingston or, you know, the ones that went to the South Pole and things like that. But David Grant examines the lives of other people then who have followed after Fawcett trying to reach, you know, that lost city of Z in the middle of the Amazon jungle. Um, fascinating story, really great, great way of weaving in history and current events to make it um, of interest to all ages. And then coming up uh, on the 18th, uh, one week from uh, tonight, uh, we can go have some beer and some wings at Native and talk about a book. Yes, the All Over the Page discussion at 7 o'clock. We are talking about The Pieces We Keep by Christina McMorris, and I'll have more about that probably next week. All right, well, we will uh, definitely uh, look forward to seeing you again and talking about that. And uh, Katie, thanks again for stopping by. And again, uh, stop by the Quincy Public Library or go online. Uh, you can utilize uh, the library uh, many different ways. So. Yes, we encourage people, if you do not know if you have a library card, you can always call us and find out. Um, but we also have an online form that you can fill out at quincylibrary.org to get that process started to get a new library card. And then you just need to come in within 30 days with your photo ID proof of address so that we can get you started with that library card and all of the resources that are available. All right, Katie, thanks a lot. Have a great week. Thank you so much.